Hi, welcome to Moaning Myrtle's Bathroom. It's a Harry Potter podcast where me and my friend Katie moan and groan about all things Harry Potter. Right now it's just me, uh, Emily, because I am just doing the intro on this episode. Our scheduling got a little bit off, so we are posting an episode that we recorded once as a test for the podcast as a whole, back when it didn't have a name. Uh, But we had some pretty good discussions, so we wanted to put it up for you. Um, It's going to sound extra bad because we weren't aware of what was really going on with our mic situation, Um, but we are going to get there because, good news... Uh, We got a great mic working, so super exciting. All the episodes after this one are going to sound a hundred times better, uh, which is just going to make the difference between this intro and what you're about to hear even more horrifying. So apologies for that. But other news, next week is Labor Day weekend, uh, and we will not be putting up an episode for that because of the holiday, and we're having issues trying to find a day to get together to record. So, no episode next weekend, but the weekend after that, we are going to upload two episodes. So, that's on the 9th. We're going to be uploading two whole episodes, which is very exciting because we feel bad about uh, not being able to bring super new delicious content to everybody. Um more exciting news. We're officially on iTunes. Hooray! I've never been happier in my life. So now that we're there, please rate and review us on iTunes. We want to be able to get lots of listeners and stuff. So um, please definitely do that. And we'd love to read our favorite reviews on the actual episode. So uh, if that's an incentive for you, we will read off your lovely review. Please be nice. I know everybody's probably upset we said those mean things about the Prisoner of Azkaban movie, but, you know, just keep that inside. Everybody's allowed to have an opinion. So please, please, please do that. We're also up to 45 subscribers, which is nuts. We haven't been doing anything in terms of promotion, so that's super cool. So to the 45 of you listening, um, and if all 45 of you are real, I don't really know how this works. Do bots listen to podcasts? something to think about. But thank you to the 45 of you who are subscribed. We're super, super, super happy to have you. Um, Please follow us on Twitter. Uh, That we did not have when we recorded this, so I just wanted to put that in now. Um, We would love to have friends on Twitter. I want to start putting up polls again, but there's only six people following us and they don't really uh, interact or anything. So uh, please, please, please do that. It's at Myrtle Bath Pod. Uh, We want to do fun things, but we need you there to help the party. So I guess without further ado, here is the episode. Enjoy. Bye-bye. That was about to be the McDonald's theme. <laughs> that was about to be what I just did. Well, anyway, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here's uh, welcome to the podcast that's going to be tentatively titled Moaning Myrtle's Bathroom. Oh, my or God. Or Moaning Myrtle's Toilet. I don't know which one's better. <laughs> that's not going to be our forever, like, intro. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> we love Harry Potter. <laughs> I think it could be good. So, for today, we thought it would be a fun little thing to do. Uh, where we talk about five things that we love about the series, movies included, if so be it. Um, and then five things that we would add to the series or change about the series. So we'll just have a, a little, not a little, probably a quite long discussion about our thoughts oh and opinions. God. Yeah, if there's going to be ten for each of those categories, it'll take a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get into We've it. We've got to discuss each of them, you know? Okay. Would you like to go first or should I? You can go first. Okay. What one are we doing first? Things we love? Yeah, let's start with the positive. Be happy before, before we, we get mad. Before we get <laughs> deep into it and, um alienate everybody who would possibly listen to this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so the first thing that I said that I loved was the moral shifts with Dumbledore and Snape by the end of the series. Ooh, Snape Ooh. is in my love list. Oh, <laughs> this is wow. The, this is the only time. Shocker. This is the only time this I will is, ever say this is the only time. Him. Let's get that squared off right away. <laughs> Can we just, okay. I'm just going to add one of my like things that I love too, because it goes in the same thing. Sure. Just like morally gray characters in general, yes. there are a ton of them in the series. Love. And I love every single <laughs> one. So we'll just like morally gray people. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Cause there are lots. I'm into it. I remember before the last book came out, I had purchased 
I had purchased uh, a book, I think that was put out by MuggleNet, that they published a book oh my that God. was all of these predictions about what was going to happen in the last book. And I, like, remember, like, basically just going through that book and, like, yep, 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 yep. That's what I think. And yeah. a lot of them were so wrong. Oh, um, no. They even had at the back of the book, um, like, a big list of, like, all of the named characters and, like, predictions of, like, what percentage likely is it that they'll die in oh this book. God. And they got, I think, a good chunk of them right, but there were you some... still have that? I don't think so, but I remember, like, seeing it at a couple of half-price books still, so I might need oh to, like, go God. pick that up. That would I be fun to look through. I would love to look at that. That would be amazing. But I remember going into that book and seeing that they said... Snape's going to be good. Dumbledore's going to be bad. And I remember that at the end of Half-Blood Prince, that was my prediction. The two things that I was positive about was that Snape was going to be revealed to be good and Dumbledore was going to be revealed to be bad and that Harry was going to die. Yeah. Those are my two things that I was you so concrete about. I was like, this, the swap, and then Harry's fucking dead. Like, I was ready. <laughs> I went in like that. And so then when it, like kind of happened and then like as an adult person now it's like just the perfect amount of like shift where then they become they like get to this weird kind of middle space yeah. I think both of them are resting at the ends of their spectrum still like I still think that Snape's further on the bad end than the good yeah close I to agree. the middle I think he is a really morally great person but I'd still classify him as like not a villain but He's like a bad a person yeah and Dumbledore definitely isn't evil, but I think that he really shifted toward the middle with some of the stuff that came out. He's got in the some last book. sketchy behaviors oh, for yeah. sure. That doesn't make him like the godsend mm-hmm. that everyone thinks mm-hmm. he is. So I that's that's He's my got first lots thing. Of flaws. Yeah, I really I really loved that shift because I remember as a kid when I was reading the book, I was like, yes, yeah. I just, I <laughs> So who are some examples of morally gray characters that you love in the series? Um, My favorite one is my baby boy, Draco (laughs) Malfoy. Of course. (laughs) I love him. Why do I even ask? Oh, God. You know me. (laughs) I just, like, okay, in our class, I used two of my, like, reading response papers to just scream about how much I love him. (laughs) It took everything I had to not just, like, write those letters in all caps. So our teacher was just like, okay, you like Draco. We get it. Let's move on. We took a literary theory class on Harry Potter, by the way. So it that's was, probably going to come up a lot because we had a lot of um, discussions about this during our last semester at college. Oh, discussions that fell short. So now we yes. have to, like, complete them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in our podcast. Okay. Well, duh. Draco, yes. Draco, yes. I feel like both Lupin and Sirius could be morally great characters. Ooh, I love a discussion about the Marauders not being great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I do, too. Like, everyone, like, glorifies them. And it's like... But hey, like Snape's reasons for hating them totally justifiable. Like hey, I would hate someone who like hung me upside down and revealed my underwear to my entire class too, or just bullied me in general. I saw somebody online refer to that as sexual assault, and all the breath of my body was taken away. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, that horrified me. I never thought of it like that. Christ Almighty, yuck. Yeah, that was. It's a uh, it's a nightmare. Oh yeah. Like, they're still great, and I still love all the Marauders, minus Peter Pettigrew, but, like, they all suck in their own ways, too, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, they're so complicated, and I love it all! (laughs) Is there a character that's not morally great in this series? Can we just throw that out there? There are tons. No. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Even, like, Timothy, because he's morally great. No, 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 no. I love him, but I have to draw the line. Speaking of which, that's my second one. <laughs> Your favorite thing. I didn't, I didn't want to come out the gate with it. But Voldemort as a villain. Oh. I know. <laughs> He's so I know. good. Listen to that moment. He's so good. You know, and I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, go. like, this is a thing that I love, so I don't want to bring in any negativity. But I really think that he is so excellent in the books, and you just did not get to see him shine in the movies. No, he sucks at all. Oh, 
Like, come right out and so, say it. No, okay, you know what? He's not bad in <laughs> no, all of them. No, you can say it. He's bad in a lot of them. He's not bad in all of them. He has his moments where he's great in the movies, oh, but he true. has his movements where he sucks. And the thing that's even worse is, like, the people that play Tom Riddle, like, young Voldemort Boy, in the movies... All, most of them suck, except for one, and we'll get to that at some point, I'm sure. Don't get it twisted. We stay in Christian Coulson in this household. Yeah, <laughs> Christian Coulson is the only good Tom Riddle. <laughs> the others can all go away. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah, Um. he was on my list, too, for things <gasps> I love. I just put, I love a villain with a good backstory. Oh, yes. And he has, like, the best backstory. It's so good. It's just, like, it makes them so intriguing. And it's, like, I don't want him to win, but, like, I pity him and I, like, Mm -hmm. I feel for him. Mm -hmm. And it's... I think that it's really good because I also have down on that point that I think I really like him as a foil to Harry. Yes. And that I really like, I feel like we have especially been able to... I think grow as we've gotten older and, you know, been with the books for a long time, rereading them and everything. Um, I feel that I'm really able to like grow up with Harry's feelings about Voldemort. Like by the end of the book, he's saying that like he pities him. Right. And that like, you know, you can't really put too much into him giving him that chance for remorse. Yeah. You know, like, even if he did take that, like, what would have really happened? Yeah. Who cares? But, like, that little, that moment of, like, pity and just, like, I'm always gutted by that part where he, where he, like, is, like, not begging, but just urging, like, mm-hmm. just feel that just little bit of remorse. I, I'm like, always like, oh! It doesn't have to be this way for you. So, I think that that's really cool, like, getting older and then my feelings changing as Harry grows older as like this weird unspeakable evil villain right to like as we grow up with the series and we can like understand what the background is and the choices that were made there's a reason he is the way he is like Voldemort didn't have to happen oh boy oh so yeah that's that's my number two. Dumbledore caused Voldemort. Okay, oh, moving on. <laughs> that's a whole separate it's podcast. Dumbledore's fault. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh my god, you're just and dropping bombs. Next, unseen, unseen. We are ourselves. Oh my god. Okay. All okay, right. What's your third? My third is <laughs> douchey. Douchey. Um, how political Order of the Phoenix is the book. Mm-hmm. Um. And how the villain of that book is authority. Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Sign me up. What a good book. Yeah. So different. Oh, I just, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed that, like, the government and trusted authority figures become, like, the villains. Can we just, like, how relevant that is that book to what's happening Help. right now? Help. Help. <laughs> I didn't know that J.K. Rowling could predict the future. <laughs> What a superhuman. Yikes. No, I totally agree. That wasn't on my list, but I totally 100% agree. Like, mm-hmm. Volomar is barely in that book, except for, like, the end. Like, he's mentioned a lot, and, like, obviously the main plot revolves around him and how nobody mm-hmm. believes Harry and Dumbledore, but, like, the mean people that we deal with the most oh. are, like, Fudge and Umbitch. Like, oh, God. <laughs> fudge and Umbitch. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, oh man. She, that, yeah, that book is fresh in my head, and there were so many moments where I literally had to just, like, put the book down and, like, heavy breathe because I got so mad about, like, stuff that she did. Like, <laughs> I always forget how unlikable she is until I reread the oh, book, and then I'm like, oh, she's so much worse than I remember every time. Just because I'm so enchanted with, like, the performance that the actor who plays her gives. Right. She's amazing. Like, oh my God. I'm just always so blown away by how like amazing and perfect she is. Yeah. Oh, so then like, yeah, whenever I get back to the book, I'm like, oh God, fuck you. I know. (laughs) I know. She's Uh, the worst. I feel like it's, she's more fun to hate in the movie. And then in the book, you're just filled with rage. Yeah. (laughs) It's not as fun. I know. I remember one of the parts that always just like, irks me so much is like the fucking Quidditch life ban that like oh. Harry and the Weasley twins get. I'm like, 
you punch one kid to like, um, you're no longer allowed to play Quidditch for like the rest of your life. Like, bitch, please. Crazy. We've all punched people at some point, okay? Like, don't take away my (laughs) rights because of that. Don't take away my rights for (laughs) punching. It's not that big a deal. Oh, it just makes me so angry. Especially if you're punching someone who deserves it. Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> hey, let's talk about how much of an asshole Draco is. But yeah. let's not really, because he's my child. Oh, okay. Him. What's your next one? My next one, I guess, kind of, sort of relates to yours a little bit. I just talked about how I feel like there are a lot of metaphors in her series for, like, real life mm-hmm. problems. Like, I think one of the ones we talked about in our class is about how, like, blood status can be a metaphor for, like, racism. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the way that, like, magical creatures creatures are treated, like house elves and goblins and, like, stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. just how she used those platforms to, like, discuss, like, discrimination and, like, real world yeah. issues in that way. I really appreciate it. And it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that she did it. And she also shows creatures, not creatures, characters, like, mm-hmm. overcoming their, like, biases and their prejudices that yes. they were, like, born with. Yep. It is like, a really, like pretty amazing transformation that we see in Ron. Yes. Throughout the series, who we think of yeah. as the good pure blood, but he still has these he like still has weird prejudices. Yeah. Purist ideas. Yeah. That like he has to face. Even though he's one of the good guys. Yeah, like he goes really from like in one of the early books being like, if we could afford one, my mom would totally have a house elf mm-hmm. and like there's nothing wrong with it. To like in the last book being like, Let's save the house elves from the battle. Like yeah. he totally like one eighties and it's beautiful. It's pretty good. It's amazing. <laughs> I feel you, Hermione. <laughs> like I get why you love him now. <laughs> Bitch, I get it. Girl <laughs> Get your boy. <laughs> Okay, my fourth one is a little uh, fluffier, um, but my fourth thing that I love is the first Fantastic Beast movie. We just watched yeah. it again, and I just, I love that movie. It's so well I love that movie, and it's just like, both of us, I don't, th- I don't think either of us ever watched a trailer of it before seeing no. that movie. No. I went in like a week or two late. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't really care that much, which was weird. I just felt like, okay, yeah, okay, another movie, great. Yeah. David Yates. I went into it as like a, okay, this is my chance to see like all these magical creatures that we missed out on seeing mm-hmm. in Harry Potter. So I was just like, it's going to be a cute little fun adventure. Like, let's meet all these creatures. I finally get to see what a Niffler looks Same. like. Like, that was that was so important and i like left it and was like oh my god dumbledore and newt and like grindelwald and oh my god i remember hearing that it was gonna be like a five movie series too before i went in and i was like why like what's the point (laughs) they're just creatures like i was so like upset about it and then i left that theater and i was like i get it now and i'm so happy when the movie opened with all of the grindelwald stuff like it was, like, oh, immediately. Oh, I lost my damn mind. Because yeah. I am so... Ugh, we'll get into it because it, it is a part of of things that I don't like or would change, get rid of, whatever. It's coming up. But I'm so against anything building after the series. She's created such, like, a rich world yes. before Harry even enters it, and, like, I just wish that she would explore that, and that was always my thing. I'm like, I don't ever want to hear about these fucking kids. <laughs> I never want to <laughs> hear about these kids. kids. I know it's coming up. I don't ever want to hear about these fucking kids. I just want to hear about stuff before, and, like, right. I'm not the world's biggest fan or, like, I don't feel a deep need in my heart for Marauders content, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I just, I think they're all little assholes. If it was, like, after Hogwarts, cool, great. Because then I also get, like, first Wizarding War. Right, yeah, Bomb. that's what I was going to say. I think, mm-hmm. like, focusing on, like, Marauders, or, like, stories in Marauders area, but that more focus on, like, the war that was going mm-hmm. on at the time, like, the First Order of the Phoenix and, like, that kind of stuff yeah. would be really cool to learn more about, but, like, stories about their time at Hogwarts, it's like, we get it. They suck. I don't you haven't, about it. You haven't told us, like, a ton of stuff, but we've seen enough glimpses and, like, <laughs> no, I know memories enough. that I'm like, I don't need any I more don't need of it. Anymore. I know what it was like. Hogwarts was boring then because Harry wasn't there, so, like, yep. 
It was just a typical day at school for these kids with James and Sirius being yeah. assholes to everybody. That's so, it. So when I saw that the Grindelwald stuff was featuring heavily in this movie, I was like, oh my god. Because that was something that I had so desperately wanted more yes. of. Yes. Like, oh my god, I wanted to hear about this, like, pre-Voldemort. What the hell? Like, I right. needed to know more about it, and there was, like, barely anything. Right. Barely anything. So, like, super pumped about that. Yeah, I'm getting really pumped. We'll see what happens with the next yeah. one, but, like, for now, this, like, beautiful, singular, untouched little drop of new Harry Potter. Like, I love it's, the first Fantastic Beast movie so much. It is. Yes, I agree. It's, <laughs> it's very good. Mm-hmm. I love it a lot. I just need a second. We don't even have to discuss it because it's not even that discussable. (laughs) And I've already disclosed how much I love Draco. Yeah. But I need to talk about just, like, the Malfoy family in general. Oh, I love them. the movies, specifically. I love them in the books, too. Don't get me wrong. I love them in the books. But I think, like, everybody that plays all of the Malfoys in the movies are, like, perfect. Oh, yeah, Spot on. Yes. I love them all. Tom Felton, Jason Isaacs, Helen McCroy, I think is her Mm -hmm. name. Like, you are all beautiful people. And, like, if I could meet three people in the Harry Potter <laughs> cast, like, it would be Tom, Jason, Helen. Like, those are my three. Jason <laughs> like, Isaacs is Jason so killer. Isaacs is my king. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> like, honestly, I think if I could only meet one person from the Harry Potter cast, I would want to meet Jason Isaacs. He seems so genuine in his he interest does. in, his, in I series. know. Like, just, I follow him on Instagram, and every time he posts, I'm like, I love him. And he's just, like, he brought so much to that character. He was, like... The thing I appreciate about him is, like, he had such a big career before Harry Potter was even, like, on his radar at mm-hmm. all. Like, he's such a great, like, world-renowned British actor. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. But he's still, like, so proud of his work in Harry Potter. Yeah. And, like, he didn't even need Harry Potter Aww. to build his career. He had a career already, but he just, mm-hmm. like, threw himself in and did such a good job. And he's so proud of it. And it just makes my heart so happy. I will never, oh. ever forget going in to see Deathly Hallows Part 1 and seeing what he looked like for the first time in that movie and, like, being... Like, it felt like the wind got knocked out of me. I was like, that's him. Like, that's exactly how I pictured him in my mind. I could have a million complaints about every single actor, about every single thing in these movies, but Lucius Malfoy and Jason Isaacs will never be one of them. No. He's so good, and that character is so good. I know. He did oh, He did God. so amazing with it. I realized recently, too, they never say much in the books about what Lucius looks like. That's they, so true. They don't say yes. anything about what he looks like, but I think Just the, the hair long hair color. is so perfect it's for iconic. him. It's amazing. And it, like, blows my mind that that's a movie thing. And, like, I feel like when I read the books before I saw him, I literally, like, pictured him with long hair, even though it didn't say anything <laughs> about that. And then I, like, realized that, like, that wasn't even in the book at all. No. And, like, oh, it's just so fitting for that character because he's just, like... I, I don't love even it. know. It feels very like old world society. It's you know amazing. what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's just like, so like sophisticated yes. and like old timey mm-hmm. and traditional and it's it just like it fits the family's like air yeah. so well. Because I think that's that's like a super interesting thing because the wizarding world is so like locked in this like weird like I don't like 17th, 18th century like vibe. Yeah. Where they'll allow little muggle things in, but like muggle stuff is like the change in the future and everything. So like kids wearing muggle clothes during the summer and stuff. Like yeah. that feels like a big deal that the Weasleys let their kids wear muggle clothes in the summer and whatever. Right. Like Ron wears jeans and stuff. Like I think it's so funny and so like that juxtaposition of him having like super long hair and always wearing robes and everything just feels so like he's holding on so tight yeah. to these like traditional wizarding world values and stuff. So I just, I think I it's like it. such a good, yeah. Oh. So like Jason Isaacs, yeah, Jason <laughs> if you Isaacs, hear this, we yeah. love you. You've got a friend in me. <laughs> just, I'm here for you, babe. <laughs> Your thing that I've noticed just on the topic of long hair yeah. Is that when uh, they introduce Fudge in Chamber of Secrets? That he also has a little, like, 
Mozart haircut. Like he's got yes. a little like revolutionary war ponytail and everything. And I just I always think that's so funny that he got this along with everybody, I guess, got this big makeover in Prisoner Mask. Oh god. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yuck. My last thing is simple. The last thing on my list that I love so dearly and deeply is my son, Harry Potter. I love him so much. Yeah. I love him so much. He's just, oh, he's so good. And I cry about him all the time. I know. And I just love him very deeply. And I feel like that. I think a lot of people who are fans of Harry Potter or participate in fandom and stuff like they, they, they get older and then they realize that they love Harry. Cause I guess like as kids, it wasn't yeah. cool to love the main character or whatever. Cause there's so many great side characters. Right. Yeah. And supporting characters that like, it just feels dumb for Harry to be your favorite character. I know. Like if you were to ask like almost every Harry Potter fan in the world who their favorite character was, it's almost not Harry. nobody would say Harry is their favorite, but I love him. I know he's great. I love him so much and I would die for him. I know. I would too. He's, he's a precious little thing. So simple and short. I just, Harry Potter. I love him. I love him I deeply. Love him. Your child. <laughs> my kid. Harold. They're all my kids. <laughs> Harold. Harold. They're all my kids and I love them so much. Anyway, what's your okay. final one? My final one is just one character too, which interesting that yours is Harry because my last one is Neville Longbottom, <gasps> who I feel like goes really well with that because mm-hmm. he and Harry, again, are so similar Good and parallels. have very similar stories. They're so parallel to each other. Both, like, grew up in similar situations, mm-hmm. and I just, I feel like my appreciation for Neville is definitely something that came as an adult, too. Like, when yes, I was little, totally. I was like, oh, he's just a wimpy little crybaby. Yeah, like, whatever. Who cares? Great. He killed a snake. That's awesome. That was his, like, shining moment of glory. (laughs) Cool for you, Neville Longbottom. But, like... Yes. Oh, he's so wonderful in every way. I I just, like, I want to cry for him every time I read any part that has him in it. Because I just think he's the sweetest, kindest little boy. And he's so (laughs) cute. I do love Neville. He's Neville's also my kid. Yeah, they're, they're all, all my kids. My kids. <laughs> I, I birthed them. them. <laughs> my three kids, Draco, Harry, and Neville. That would be an interesting household. How many how many characters are in are in Harry Potter altogether? That's how many children I've had. Minus a couple maybe. I don't know. I, I there are tons. I didn't give birth to Snape. <laughs> he, no, that he one's was, not mine. I'm he not was the stray outside my house that I took in because I had to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. All right. Here's where the dart comes in now. The good stuff. Yes. Okay. Well, Things let's just we hate. start off with the the number one. Just get it out of the way. Fuck the epilogue. Yeah. Fuck the epilogue. And fuck those kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. And it leads into fucker's child. Fucker's child. I read it once. I should read it again. Reformulate some opinions. There were a couple moments that I liked about it. Blah, blah, blah. It sucked overall. It, yeah, it's terrible. It was I bad. don't accept it as an eighth novel to Harry Potter. I Ooh. accept it as a fun little fan fiction. I cannot believe her name is even on it. Like, it makes me so angry. <laughs> the ideas presented in it are interesting, but I hate them all. <laughs> I can't believe J.K. Rowling plagiarized after the writer of My Immortal, the greatest friend I've ever written. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh, just that was such a disappointment to me. I cried, duh. The ending part with Hagrid and them being back in time made me cry. I was like, of course, it was emotional. That was one little moment that I'll remember. Just like sitting in my room, I read it in four hours from like midnight to four thirty a.m. Like getting back from Barnes and Noble, Um, and I remember sitting there and crying while reading that part and being like, oh, I. I'm reading Harry Potter again. And that was a really precious moment. Whereas like the entire rest of that, like play, I was just in a hysteria. I was just like, like kind of laughing because it's so stupid, but then also like being horrified. And so I'm just sitting there being like, what the fuck? What the fuck am I reading? What's, what's happening? It's all such 
train lady. garbage. Oh, the train lady. I forget about that every time. And then someone mentions it. Like, I feel like when I think of Cursed Child, like, the number one thing that I'm, like, so mad about is, like, Voldemort being a dad. Hell no. Help, help, I help, hate it. Help, I help. hate it, but then, like, people oh. mention the train lady, and I'm like, oh, God. I think my mind just, like, blocks that out because it's so traumatizing. <laughs> like, I really do. So much about... It's disgusting. So much about that play. Hurts my heart. It's like, everything she could have done to be offensive, she did. It's, like, the rampant queer baiting of that fucking play. I know. Is unreal. But anyway, that was just a part of it. I hate the epilogue. I read it, and I I cry, duh, because it's the end of the book, and I'm emotional. It's the end of the series. Oh, and every time I read that epilogue... I go into it being like, okay, fuck this and fuck these kids. And then I read it. And while I'm reading it, I'm like, I love these kids. And then I'm, <laughs> d- and then I close the book and I'm like, no, fuck these kids. I'm so <laughs> like torn constantly. Oh, but I just, I don't like it. I don't like how she tried to wrap it up all neatly. I know. Put a nice little bow on it. Like 20 years later, who cares? Like, it's not like, and don't pretend that everything's like fine. There's so much fall. I would have rather had like five years later. Right. Seeing where people are like, it doesn't even need to be deep, but just like knowing that like these children are dealing with trauma. I don't think we need to have like, super specific details about like what their lives were like afterward. Like you know how like in the Hunger Games epilogue it's like a very subtle like things are fine. They still deal with trauma but like I really like the epilogue in the Hunger Games. I think that like the Harry Potter one could have been more like that. Like just like they still deal with their past and it still haunts them but like here they are. They survived. They're happy to be alive and like that's it. Like, I don't need all these details about Neville's a professor and, like, James Sirius is a Gryffindor. Okay, and, okay. Like, I'm sorry. I Hearing it out loud, the names... The names, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but just yeah. hearing you say those words made me want to die. <laughs> Please continue. I just all had to get my names. feelings up. No, that was it. I got it all <gasps> But it was just like, ugh. Gross. Harry Potter should not be in charge of naming children, nor should Ginny Weasley. That's just how it is. Ew. That's the truth. All of it is ew. Okay. Albus Rubius, not Albus Severus. Are you kidding me? Albus Haggard nothing. was so jipped. <laughs> I can't get into it. Okay, okay. what's your next one? <laughs> what is your first thing my that you would change? Thing I hate. Hold on, let me pull up my list, because my phone was like, you're taking too long. Okay, <laughs> first thing I would change, this is totally more of like an academic thing. Okay. I would change how, like, all the stereotypes that have to deal with, like, the four houses. Like, how, like, Slytherin is bad. Everybody in Slytherin's bad, and that's it. And, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's so, like, you put people into these four categories. Like, you're either brave, or you're kind, or you're smart, or you're cunning, and that's it. There's nothing else. And it's just, like, it's very, like, concrete, and it's, like not taking into account how, like, complex human beings can be, you know? And it's just, like, there's so much hate and so much, like, I don't know. I just, I really hate, like, how stereotypical the Mm -hmm. houses are. I think it's, that is really good. Because, like, so many big pillars that are set up in, like, the first Harry Potter book Mm -hmm. grow and change by the end of the series. But that, I feel like, never does. No, it's you don't always... don't get a chance. Slytherins are bad the entire time. It Not doesn't even change. that, but, like, Ravenclaws aren't really done. Fuck Hufflepuff. Yeah, but Hufflepuff like, is just, like, the weak house that no one cares about. But nothing changes. Yeah. Like, there's nothing... And then like, gets all the glory all the time. Yeah, I just, I think that that is something that is lacking. Because yeah. that, that, is, that is one big thing that didn't grow and change with the rest of the series that stayed like randomly so concrete. Like I know one thing that I've always thought like kind of interesting about it though, especially after we started discussing it in like our class too, I feel like we had discussions about this was like, I wonder if like the stereotypes about the houses that are presented to us as readers, because we're pretty much like seeing the entire series through Harry's eyes. So we're like bringing in his Mm -hmm. perceptions and his ideas. I wonder if those like, 
stereotypes that we're presented to are like concrete and what like everybody in the whole wizarding world thinks you know and i go back to slytherin again because i feel like with harry like he has a hatred for slytherin before he even arrives at hogwarts because like he meets sure. draco who's all like slytherin is great and harry's like uh this kid's an asshole yeah. ron and hagrid are both telling him that like slytherin yes. is a bad house and then from then on like of course harry's gonna be like well like here are, like three pieces of proof that tell me that slytherin is bad and then like all of harry's like ideas get projected onto the reader and i wonder if like that's a thing in wizarding society as a whole that like slytherin is bad you know what i mean mm-hmm. i love a death of the author yeah but also with this i just don't know if i can like separate it enough from her like i feel mm-hmm. like that's a failing on her part yeah. and it's it's a wonderful way to like fix a, a like a broken area of plot right to be able to think of it that way. And I think that that's really interesting because I doubt mm-hmm. that the rest of the wizarding world really feel like feels that way about yeah. the houses that they're that big of a deal. Like it's fucking high school. Right. So like, yeah. You know so what I like, mean? Why is it that big of a deal? But that like we get presented with it so many times by characters that we trust and that Harry trusts. It's like, she's feed, she's force feeding that to us. And right. that's how we think so, about like, we it. We just adopt those ideals right away without really thinking about what is this though. So I think it's a, failing on her part. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's JK Rowling hates Slytherins, guys. That's how it Bye. is. <laughs> Except for Snape. Um, oh, I, okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. My second thing that I would change, so this is less anything that I was like angry about being in the book that I would take away. It's something that I always felt a little bit sad that, I, that we never got in the book. And I would have liked for during the battle for Ginny to have her face off with Voldemort. I think she really deserved it. Yes. And I think that continually what happened to her was forgotten and brushed off. We get that little bit. We get that teeny tiny bit in Order of the Phoenix and then an even smaller amount in Half-Blood Prince about the like potions book. Yeah. The teeniest little things, and it's, like, nothing, and it's not good enough, and that she's had to, like, live with this and find a way to move past it when it seems like she didn't really have any way of coping with it after it had happened. No. So I, I just think, I really think that she deserved to have a moment, even if it was just as small as, like, what Slughorn got, just that quick mention of him dueling Voldemort. Great, that literally, like, lights a fire in me and keeps me going every day. Right. I think that Ginny should have gotten her moment because that is so fucked. It's such a traumatic thing for her. Like, just adding on to that, like, I feel like people, like, forget how traumatic of, like, an event, like, the entire, and the entirety of Chamber of Secrets is Mm -hmm. for her. Like, it's so awful. And then, like, when it's all over for her, everyone just treats it like, okay, yeah, go to the hospital wing and drink some hot chocolate and you'll be fine. And it's like, she was just possessed by the darkest wizard of all time. And, like, you're just gonna brush this off and, like, act like, like, oh, no big deal, whatever. It's just, like, a small little thing that happened. And it's like, she'll get over it. It's fine. Like, she's 12 years old. No, 11 years old. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I totally agree. Like, that is, like, something that totally would have stuck with her. Like, PTSD all the way for her from that. And I feel like she totally, I agree, she deserved to have a Mm -hmm. moment where she could, like, look that in the eye and, like, face it head on. Because, like, that Mm -hmm. is totally something she deserved. I think she should have gotten that moment. And it's, like, a very small line in Chamber of Secrets. Something that, um, I think Tom says. It's not her. I think it's Tom. That he says that, you know, it wasn't just him taking everything from her, but that he, like, put himself back into her too yeah so that it's like that's been in her it's not just that like she was completely losing herself to him it's that like he was invading her mind like not just in a possession way but that like bits of himself were now like a part of her yeah and like that's even crazy like to think about that like this like weird demi horcrux jenny weasley that like came out of this diary incident but just that like who knows like even just like taking that away on a real level like he's always gonna be with her because of what happened right but just that like she's had these like dark nasty thoughts in her head because of him 
right. like putting himself back there. Like, oh, that like she has to deal with that and forever and that she has to move past it. And I think like being able to confront him, even though like that's not Tom that she knew. Like he wouldn't even know her. Yeah. At all. No. So he like, had no idea who she was. Just that moment of like facing it and going up against it. Like something that some sort of Neville moment for her would be my dream. Yes. But if I had even gotten a tidbit like Slughorn got, I would have been happy. So that's something that I would have added to the series is her getting that moment. Yeah. Okay. I totally agree. <laughs> I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> what is my... <laughs> I don't know how you're going to react to this one because I feel like you have kind of mixed feelings about okay, it. I'm excited. <laughs> but I 100% believe that Draco Malfoy deserved a redemption arc. Okay, okay, yes. <laughs> I, uh The movies almost gave it to him. And most of the yeah. time I'm very against the movies, like, putting in mm-hmm. stuff that's not in the book, aside from Lucy Malfoy's hair. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I feel like he deserved a redemption arc. I really do. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like she created this character, intentional or not, that is very likable. I mean, look at how many people fell for him. Mm-hmm. And part of that's Tom Felton's fault. But, like, also, <laughs> like, he's just a good character. And he's a lot more complex than people realize. She made him cry. What did she expect? I know. <laughs> I know. Like, after the events that he goes through in the sixth book oh, and in the seventh sad. book, and, like, we kind of see a little bit of a redemption arc in him, a very itty bitty one when he tries to save Harry at Malfoy Manor by like claiming like, I don't know who this is when he very clearly knew that it was him. But mm-hmm. like she could have done more with it. Like I, and he didn't need to like go like kill Voldemort. But, like he could have like, I don't like he doesn't need to do something huge. Just like, no, just like Ginny kind of like, he just needed to have like a moment where like he does something Agreed. that's like good and not just like a, I'm going to, like, lie to my parents and, like, pretend I don't know who this is. Like, I feel like he could have had, like, a bigger, like, call to action of, like, something Mm -hmm. that could have been redeeming for him. My thoughts on that are, I just, I just don't like what the movies were going to do. No, I don't I don't know. I wasn't, like, a big fan of that deleted scene or whatever. I just, I was like, okay, that's too much. Yeah, I'm a fan of the fact that the movies felt like he deserved the redemption arc. I think, I think that if she had pushed it farther than him just like his non-action is not good enough right you know what i mean i know like i think him actually do it even however little it is Mm -hmm. just not saying he doesn't know if it's harry or whatever like i feel like isn't enough of a redemption so i agree yeah i think it would have been great if she had pushed it a little further he didn't need to like rebel against his friends and he still could have like, the battle could have still been exactly the same. But yeah. just that little shimmer moment would have been A+. Plus. Yes. That would have been great. I, I would have been so down for that. I agree. Yeah, like, he doesn't need a full, like, 100% redemption arc. Like, oh, all of a sudden he's, like... Fighting with them. Questioning the his parents' ideals <laughs> and just, like, completely switch sides. But just to have mm-hmm. him, like... I don't know, like, he almost, like, he shows this, like, little glimmer of, like, maybe I'm on Harry's side in Malfoy Manor, and then he takes it back, and, like, later he's, like, pleading with Death Eaters and is, like, I'm on your side, I'm on your side, in, like, an attempt to, like, help Mm -hmm. his family and to, like, save himself, and is, like, I'm gonna capture Harry. Like, it's almost like he takes a step backward after making a small, I think, inch forward. I think that it, the Room of Requirement scene would have maybe even been stronger if he had had a stronger moment at yeah. Malfoy Manor, you know, that, like, something, like, so heinous must have happened after that as a punishment that he's so gung-ho about, like, right. oh, I gotta get him. Like, yeah. that, I think, would have made it even more interesting than just this, like, being too passive to act in the moment and then just deciding, okay, well, I'm still gonna be a dick. Yeah. You know? Mm. I'm in it for me. Yeah. Same I think Draco. it I think it would have been stronger if there was if something more happened at Malfoy Manor. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Here's another change. And this may be a polarizing opinion because I feel like I'm kind of at odds with uh, a lot of loud voices um about uh queer villains. Mm-hmm. Feel like I'm at odds with that because I'm fine with it if it's actually out there, you know, not just coded, but like, I don't know. I've known 
some other pretty nasty gay people in my life. So like, <laughs> yeah, like it's allowed to be in fiction too. You know, it's always good for there to be queer heroes, but I'm not, I'm not mad at queer villains if they're actually outed. Anyway, not that he is truly a villain, but I, I would have, I would have made Dumbledore really be outed in Rita's book. I think that would have been the perfect spot to do it yeah. because it's salacious that like saying that he was gay and that not just that, but that he had an affair with Grindelwald yeah. like in his youth. Like, I think that that was the perfect spot to do it. And I think she fucking chickened out by not putting it in. I know. And so that is something I that I would change because I'm, I'm always really angry and still, of course now, because it's so big that like, apparently we're not going to see that in the new series. I think that it's really just about this movie. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think it's speaking for the series as a whole, maybe just this movie. We already (laughs) saw some gay in the first movie. Holy hell. Like, can we just (laughs) Graves and Credence? Don't talk to me about it. Like, that was gross. (laughs) It was was amazing. Delicious and disgusting. (laughs) Yes. I... I just, I feel like that was the perfect place to do it, and I think that she wimped out. And, yeah, I just, I think it's a cop-out. Like, it's you just insulting you don't just, that. You don't just get to come out and say, like, okay, yeah, also, he's gay. It's like... And she comes out, she chooses to come out about it after, like, everything is over. Like, the books were over, and the movies were over, and then she comes out and says yeah. it. And it's like, well, what's the point of doing that now? Like... <laughs> You can't change it. You can't just, like, put it in this story that's already over. I just think it's really wild because, like, like, Christians that would boycott Harry Potter over that are already boycotting Harry Potter. Like, right. <laughs> what are you going to lose? Like, yeah, I know. Like, you wouldn't have lost who are anything. You, like, who are you For someone who claims to be from? so, like, progressive, right, she's not. <laughs> she's not. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that's what I would change. I just, and so I have high hopes for these new movies that they're going to do me right. Uh, and that she's going to make up for her past mistakes with the whole Dumbledore is gay debacle. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's, that was a bit, that's a big thing for me is that I would have put that in the, the life and lies of Elvis Dumbledore. I would have, I would have put the whole damn thing in. So, yeah. Yep. Um, okay, here's another thing that it's not really something to change, but it's just something that I hate <laughs> is the fact that J.K. Rowling apparently really hates feminine women, and oh. she portrays them all as like ah annoying <laughs> and stupid. Girl, like, this is on my list. Is it really? Yes. Is it your last one? It is my last one. Oh well, we'll talk about it now. Okay, okay. like yeah. I, it makes me so angry. All of the women that we are taught to like appreciate in the series have some kind of like masculine quality about them i feel like like traditionally masculine Mm -hmm. thing like hermione is intelligent Ginny is athletic mcgonagall is just badass and awesome (laughs) like all of these women that we're like told to have so much respect for and all of them turn around and like hate these girls that are feminine like hermione and Ginny hate fleur lavender and parvati are portrayed as like these ditzy little bimbos in the books like she hates feminine women. And Cho Chang okay. just gets gypped in these books. She like, deserves a whole like podcast wimpy. episode. Yes. I'm sure we will talk about her oh, more. But, Cho. like, I love you, Cho Chang. <laughs> Cho Chang, I would die for you. I I'm so sorry all. that J.K. Rowling treated you like Fucking shit nasty. for three books. Just I'm gross. so sorry. So gross. We love you, even though the author who created you does not. <laughs> Yeah, I have that is that I would I would have changed it so that the like the girl characters are stronger and better developed. Yes. I just like I think it was really lacking really even Ginny. Mm-hmm. I think Hermione is the only well developed yeah girl character at all. I know. And I mean there's only so much time and room, but you don't need to like vilify all of these, like, feminine girls. I know. You don't need to do that. And I, like, I don't know. You can get Harry with Ginny without, like, pushing Cho's face into the toilet. That makes me so <laughs> mad. And I didn't even realize that until someone brought it up in our, like, class that we were talking about. But in Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. I've noticed this last time around. Every single time Cho Chang is mentioned, Ginny 
comes into the book within like 20 pages after that. Like she's always mentioned right after. She's always doing it better. They're always, she's always putting like Ginny and Cho against each other in Order of the Phoenix, even before Harry and Ginny really have an interest in each other. Like they're still pitted against each other. Yep. And I hate that. It's so disgusting to me. Mm -hmm. Like she does the same thing with Ron and Lavender and Hermione in the sixth book too. Like all over again, same cycle, different trio. And it's, Allow so Lavender gross. Brown to be 16 and dumb. Yeah. Who cares? Seriously. They're 16-year-olds. Oh. We all acted like that around guys we thought <laughs> oh were cute God. in high school. Like, seriously. Stop making her look like she's stupid. Yuck. Ugh. All of it's bad. Okay. Well, since I piggybacked on yours, this is my last one. And before we even started this, <sighs> we did talk about not being rude to anyone's ships. Yes. But I have to say, just as a story point, Lupin and Tonks. This was on my list too. Shit, yes! We're finishing off so good. I I have two more, actually, but this is okay. one of them. I have one more after it. I can't I can't, I can't stand it. I think it's such a cop-out. I hate it, and I don't like it. <laughs> I, I hate it and I don't I like hate it. it. It makes no sense. Like, I feel like it just comes out of nowhere. There's no story plot line. Like, I get that she did it because she wanted to show that, like, war makes, like, orphans and put somebody else in Harry's shoes and retell that story and redo that whole thing. But, like, it... Bill and Fleur. Bill and Fleur. <laughs> Sorry, that was talks. already established. <laughs> like, why? It makes no sense. They're so dumb. I will fight anybody. I just who I think tells I'm, me that they are a good couple. Like, I'm mostly stupid. I'm mostly offended about it because it felt like she was smashing the two queer characters into a straight relationship. And yes. like, as a queer person, I hold on very dearly to what I get. And so, like, my girl Tonks, what the fuck? I know. I really hate it. And, like, the even the way that she wrote it, it's, like, in doing that, she, like, took every bit of, I don't know, like, assertiveness and spunkiness and everything that made Tonk such a great character out of her in order her to, weak. like, weaken and feminize her to be able to, like, beg for Remus Lupin yeah. to marry her. Like, I just, I just think it's, I think it's really offensive. I, I think it's like, she, I just, I can't understand. I agree. I just don't like it. I don't like it. And I feel like there's no way she couldn't have not Women? known what she was doing by putting those two characters together. Women, do not change yourself for a guy. It's not worth it. <laughs> Moral of the story. <laughs> like, I hate it. I just don't, I just don't, I don't like it. And it leaves a bad taste in my mouth that she would It's kind of mash these two together to, like, quell anything. Yeah. You know, it's like, know. she, you know, killing Sirius didn't kill Wolfstar. So, like, no. what she, so that I feel like is that just her being, like, pissy? Wolfstar, okay. And deciding to put him and Tonks together to, like, just squash that right then and there with her big canon stamp of heterosexuality. Like, I just... It leaves a bad taste in my mouth, and I really... I just don't appreciate it. So, it's like, if that is something that you ship and love, great. I'm really sorry to have just rained on your parade real hard. But to me, personally... And emotionally, it hurts my heart. So yeah, I agree. Mm. I I hate them. They're great on their own and not great together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's your I next feel one? Like my last one. I don't even know if this is my fifth one. I don't know what number I'm on. This is more just like a complaint uh, than it is awesome. Like, <laughs> I I'm all about the whole Snape arc for the entire series. Like, I love how back and forth we are on him. I love how complex of a character he is. But I hate the fact that it being revealed that he was in love with Lily made so many people see him as, like, a romantic character. No! I hate that. Always being one of the most quoted lines from this entire series makes me want to vomit every time. It gets under my skin. I Mm. want to rip my face off and, like, throw it in the garbage because I get so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> angry about this. Like, oh, no. I 
Oh this my God! Okay. Here's one thing. Doesn't, That's not a redemption for him. That's great that you're able to love. I don't give a fuck. You still abused twelve year olds. Like I don't care. Stop saying that this guy was a great person just because he had this creepy, weird crush on somebody. Like <laughs> he still hurled all these like insults at her and like racial slurs at her and like. People are just willing to turn a blind eye to all of his abuse and all of his hatred and everything just because, like, he had a crush on somebody. Like, wake up, people. (laughs) Wake up, America. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me so mad. Yeah, I am really sick of that. It puts a bad taste in my mouth. I love Snape as a character. I think he was a beautiful, beautiful character. He was so well-written. He was so well-developed. But he's a terrible person. I don't care what anyone says. I know. Great character, bad person. Great character, bad person. 100%. Doesn't, um... I'll say Lily in quotes um, in the forest when Harry's going to die. That's part of what she says, right? She says always, also. She does in the movies. Does she say it in the book? Does she say it in the book? I don't remember. I feel like maybe she does. Either way, I I appreciate that kind of, like, take back. And so in my mind, that's kind of what that means. Because I love that scene so much and it makes me cry every time. I do too. And I... And I know, but I know that everybody else in the world thinks of it as the Snape and Lily, yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Fuck off! I know. I'm sorry. I know it's gross. It's nasty. It's Lily gross. Lily. He treated her so badly. He's a foul person. Like <laughs> I just stop glorifying this man who was such an abusive asshole. Like God. Yeah, not a fan. And not just to Harry, but just to like everybody. He was rude to Lily. He was rude to Hermione. He was rude to Neville. He was rude to Ron. He was rude to all of the Griffs. Probably to the Huffles and the Ravens, yeah. too. We don't know. We never see it. But, like, he's an ass to everybody. So stop making him look like a good guy yeah. just because of this one redeeming. Not even redeeming. Just, like, this one thing Gross that he thing that happened. He was creepy. You know that he hired a prostitute and made her wear a red wig at some point, okay? <laughs> You know he did. Oh my god! <laughs> I okay. he was creepy and obsessive and gross about it. It's true. I've seen some people saying like, okay, so and I think we brought this up in our class once, but that um, like Harry Potter's in this tradition of like rigorous, rude boarding school literature. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I can appreciate, and I've seen a lot of people saying, like, which is a good point to say, like, okay, so, like, McGonagall sometimes does some pretty nasty things to students, and, like, Neville included. Right. And whatever. And so, like, are you punishing Snape for something that you wouldn't punish, like, McGonagall for in that instance? Okay. Agreed. Great. But I think that there are there are some instances that go kind of above and beyond, and the Hermione's teeth incident always stands out really strongly yes, to me. I agree. Um, that's all I have to say about it. I, I just I think that there's lots of you know things to think about when thinking about Snape's behavior towards students. Yeah, but I think that he explicitly goes above and beyond just like to be a bully, being a shit ass. Yeah. Hard, and I always, like, rude teacher. I always just, like, also fall back, too, on, like, in Prisoner of Azkaban, when, like, in the Boggart scene, when, like, we're learning everybody's Boggarts, like, let's just take a fact and consider all of the shit that Neville has been through yes. in his life with yes. his parents and with Bellatrix, yes. and yet his biggest fear in the entire fucking world is his potions professor. That's horrifying to me. Not to mention that that school year is, like, the year that there's a threat of serious Black, like, mass murderer who's dangerous, like, hanging over the mm-hmm. entire world. And yet his, like, biggest fear is still, like, Snape. That's so sad. Like, it is. He's been through so much, and yet he's more scared of a teacher than he is of the person who, like, tortured his parents into insanity. That's crazy. It's wild. Like, that just goes to show how abusive he is. Like, he's not just, like, mean. He's, like, fucking severe about, like, how much of a bully he is. Mm-hmm. 
Agree. We're on the same page. Yeah. Get ready, folks. There's going to be a lot of this snipe talk Yeah, as up. you can tell, we have a lot of opinions. We have a lot to talk about. Oh. About Harry Potter. Like, just everything. Yeah. This is just, like, scratching the surface of what we have to say. I know. I barely got into it with Voldemort today, so. I know. Watch out. We're just going to have a podcast Jeez. where we talk about the sixth book, and it's going to be a nightmare, and it's going to be great. Okay, well, I feel like let's try and end off on a more positive note. On a positive note, we love Harry Potter. Oh my god, we have a I lot of complaints so about it, but we love it. It comes dearly. from a place of love. It comes from a place of love. It is seriously like I live and breathe Harry Potter. My Same. world revolves around Same. it. I think about it every day. It keeps I'm me like sane a girl in with a crush trying on, times. Like, it's like I am a 13-year-old girl with a crush on, like, a teenage boy wizard. And yeah. I think about him all the time. Yes. It's my thing. We it's are. my jam. We are Lavender Browns. We are. About the Harry Potter series. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Lavender, like, we got you, girl. <laughs> this is it. So, yeah, everything everything's coming from a, a good place. A and place it's, of love. You know, it's more fun to talk about criticisms and it's more fun things to we would change. stuff. It's just fun. That's what we do in Moaning Wordle's bathroom. We're we yell and we cry. And we moan. <laughs> we moan about things. <laughs> in her stall. Yay! She's howling with us. Yes. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs always. Flooding <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom with all of our woes. Just crying constantly. Yeah. So there's a lot of emotions and they run pretty deep. So hopefully it's all good times no matter how how dark and nasty they can get. (laughs) It's, it's always fun. Everything's always fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. So we'll end it. (laughs) McDonald's. (laughs) Yay. Yay.